All right, boys, we are back. We're, We're back. back in the Woos Media Studios. It, can you guys believe that it's week six already? I know. This I don't is like, fucking it's brutal. Sad. We've said that before. I don't like saying it. It, it gets me upset. It's getting me upset too, yeah. but it's uh, it's crazy. And so, um, but I mean, look, we have just so many amazing matchups. This is going to be a really fun weekend. Great for, week. Great week. Great week. Yeah. Uh, and we did Patreon for the Patreon members for the first time this year, probably only time, maybe during bowl season, I'll do it again. I posted my full, full power ratings. One yes, through one thirty-three. Every single team, every single game. You can make your own lines, make your own ratings. It's up there for everyone. So if you're a Patreon member, go check it out right now. If not, it's only five bucks a month. You get access to that. All kinds of other stuff like podcasts, additional. We're going to do a fun podcast this weekend. Yep. Buckle up for that one, Patreon members. We're going to yeah, a little conspiracy theory, a little everything non-sports you can crazy. think of. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. But anyway, a lot of extra content. Uh, Ryan. We, we had some recipes last week or two that we still need to put up there. So Ryan's going to have like a flurry of recipes coming up soon that, that we put up there and nice. a whole bunch of stuff. So five bucks a month. That's it. But like I said, if you want my power ratings, one through 133. That's worth it, it alone. There. So this is actually a direct quote from a buddy of ours. Shout out Stone, a uh, long time listener. Uh, he joined the Patreon and he was like, yeah, you have to be a fucking idiot to not use Tyler's power ratings for five dollars a month. That's so uh, like that, those were his, I, those were his direct okay. words. You have to be a fucking idiot. I I appreciate that, but I honestly, I honestly agree. Like, uh, <laughs> I I these numbers are good. Like these numbers have kind of proven themselves. If you've listened for the last four years on this podcast, no shit, we're into the like two or three hundreds for how many games I've given out. It should be clear at this point those numbers will beat the market over time. Like you just got to give it time. You got to incorporate a good home field. And what I did this week is I incorporated, I put a little like bold uh, statement in there. It said, remember some games are extreme. Some home fields are extreme. Like uh, UCLA, probably one and a half for home field. Right. Right. So you have to think about this. Utah, Utah is probably five (laughs) for home field. So you got to think about these extremes when you're doing that too. But anyway, all our Patreon members got that. I mean, today, Every team that that's that's usually worth a lot more than five bucks a month. Now, so. do we think though? Just I'm just going to spitball yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. Is it time to rethink your power ratings, considering you're losing the bet board right now? <laughs> you know what? The, the maybe power maybe ratings should, have betrayed maybe you. Maybe I should I'm the, winning the bet board almost cheer. halfway through the season, Tyler. I'll cherry bomb it and start over tomorrow. <laughs> Let's start with uh, how many how many points have they scored? How many points have they given up? And go from there. Look now, what this what's happening is that I know at the end of the year Tyler's going to have a, a an amazing. Uh, mashup video of me giving out horrific picks no, and losers. It's just because the only reason that's happened the last four years is because you're 0-4 every year on the billboard. Exactly. I've, uh, and, but and, I'm also saying that's most likely an inevitability here, so I'm going to get my jabs in while I can. I finally have a bet board. We've been, boy. we've been tied after every week going in. Finally I finally have, have the lead. victory. Now, part of me lead. says, I think this is the year I take you down. But the other part of me says, I better talk my shit now while Speaking I can. Speaking of uh, audio clips, you know what we should do? We should find four other clips during the four other years he said that where he's lost, where he goes, <laughs> this is my ear. I'm taking you down because it's for sure happened. We just got to hear it. All I could think of was uh, that SpongeBob episode where he's singing Sweet Victory. And yes. And just Will just. That's me. That's 100% me. Um, uh, so before we start today. Yeah. I thought it would be appropriate to uh, do things a little different mm. today, okay? Uh, I'm going to start with a little poem. Oh. I wrote a poem, a little poetry, wow. to start us off for this week's games. You're going to put on a beret? 
I'm going to put on the beret. I'm going to put on whatever I have to. You guys, uh, you guys, you know how this goes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Probably put on some gloves. <laughs> this is my poem for getting ready, getting us pumped up to handicap and give some bet board games for week six. Let me take a little sip of some water real quick. Take a little sip. You got to make sure we don't have a raspy voice for this amazing poetry slam. <laughs> In a crucial week six with many big games, with just one bad loss, a whole season in flames. In the Valley of the Sun, the Buffs will stampede. Coach Prime needs a win, and he'll get one indeed. And in the Big 12, where the rivers run red, that golden hat prize, and sure, blood will be shed. So buckle your belts for a weekend so grand, even Kent State, Ohio, could never be bland. Wow. And Mac Brown once heavy, now getting more lean. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Malfucker, you need to come clean. <laughs> so onward we go. Week six, here we are. For drama and upsets, you won't have to look far. Wow. I mean, that was very... Let's go. Very Dr. Seuss-like. <laughs> Should we snap it up? It Let's, was, yeah. yeah. We that was very, uh, very Dr. Seuss-like, which I well, love. Well, that's my style. I'm yes. a big Dr. Seuss guy. Sure. Yeah. Sure. No, yeah. I, I, so I, I dig it. And it also may have tipped your hand a little bit on some of these bets. I won't lie. <laughs> um... Should we get straight into them? Now, first of all, yeah. before we get into the games, uh, where are people going to be betting on these games? BetUS. Well, BetUS, of course. Now, we always talk about you got to bet college football, NFL, hockey starting next week, baseball playoffs, obviously, BetUS.com. Oh, yeah. Now, a few things. We have a lot of listeners in states where betting isn't legal, so BetUS is imperative like to have as an outlet. And what I say for everyone is sign up with our promo code TAILGATE, but don't use the initial promo code, okay? If you use that 125 sign-up bonus... Just understand there's a 10 uh, times rollover. So if you put in 100, you get back 125. Uh, that's awesome for like your account, but you have to now gamble over 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 bucks, depending on what you do. Because if you bet like 110 to win 90, right? Let's say it's like 120, they only count the 90. They always count the lowest amount. So right. just don't use the rollover. That's my point is use promo code tailgate, but don't use any bonuses. Just sign up, put in some money, and then you're going to get access to all kinds of stuff. Now, Let's quickly talk about one of my best bets of the weekend. Um, and this is going to be available probably early next week, not this weekend. It's a Survivor bet. Uh, Survivor is a show that I love. It's on BetUS.com. What you can find on BetUS is casino bets, horse bets, but also like... Entertainment uh, bets. Entertainment bets. And there's a couple on there that I think are really juicy right now. So uh, we've Ooh, seen see one... something juicy. Gotta we, have it. We've seen one episode of Survivor. And it's real. I think these are some bad prices. So I'm giving out right now... Caleb Greenwald or Caleb uh, Grebwald at uh, ten to one, and Sean Edwards at twelve to one. I got a ticket on both of them. Put it down today. Ryan knows this. I consulted him. Yep. He's watched the first now, episode, so I had to talk to an insider. And look, I like those right now. So Caleb and Sean, ten to one, twelve to one for Survivor forty five winner. That's what, what I got. What about their personalities? Like, are these the most conniving ones? The ones you think no. can manipulate the game the best? The strongest? They're like, the why ones them? Because, we don't know yet. Because you, what you're looking for in a survivor pick, and I'm going to make this quick because I know not a lot of people watch it, but you're looking for someone who's going to fly under the radar, be kind, smart, 
uh, funny enough to get along with everyone. Sure, can't get be voted cra- off early. Right, be can't crafty. Be seen as so, a big threat. So you've got to kind of like fly under the radar, but, but connect with everyone and be a good communicator. You got to talk at the end. It's not really about survival. It's about it's about relationships. The games. It's about the game. So anyway, those are my those are my two bets. Betus.com okay. really one of the only places places you can make that bet. Yep. I don't know really anywhere else you can make that. So betus.com promo code tailgate. Yeah, support the show. Um, okay. okay, we're getting into games. Yes. Now, we're going to do these in uh, chronological order. So we're leading off with what is the biggest game of the whole weekend, the Red River rivalry. Now, I think they're bringing it back and calling it the Red River Shootout again. Good. They they changed the name. It used to be the Red River Shootout. Then it was the Red River rivalry. And then I think Fox coined it something else. But it's now, I believe, back officially to the Red River Shootout, which I'm excited about. Where it should be. Exactly. Uh, Oklahoma versus Texas game, of course, neutral fields at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. I've been there. It's electric. Right now, the the Longhorns, six and a half point favorites here. You know, producer Ryan doesn't like cotton. He has like a phobia. Yeah, yeah it's true. Really? He has like a cotton phobia. Cotton balls? Cotton balls, yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll wear like a cotton t-shirt, yeah? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, it's cotton balls specifically. Is it just like the texture of it? Yeah, like that. Like if you rub them together, it gives yeah. you goosebumps. It's like yeah. styrofoam. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Fuck, fuck <laughs> all that. Um, <laughs> let's not talk the about listeners that. listeners hate us now. <laughs> let's not talk about that at all. Um, okay, Oklahoma versus Texas. Now, I, I know I was surprised. By the way, this line opened up, I think, at like four and a half or five. It's now up to six and a half in favor of the Longhorns. I was kind of surprised. I think everyone looks at Texas like, hey, they're a top four team right now. Why is it spread this way? And yeah, Oklahoma's undefeated. They've played some solid teams. But we all know what happened last year when Texas just absolutely obliterated Oklahoma. And no doubt Oklahoma's improved a lot, but it looks like Texas has improved from last year as well, especially on, on the defensive side of the ball. And I feel like that's where the biggest matchup is going to take place here because I feel like, yes, Oklahoma's defense is good, but ultimately I believe Texas is going to be able to score. So to me the question is, hey, how is Oklahoma planning on scoring on Texas? Because I don't think they're going to do it running the ball. They've had a really efficient passing offense. And so how does that match up with Texas' secondary? I don't know because we saw them against Alabama who – with Jalen Milrow is not a very prolific passing offense. They played Kansas without their starting quarterback. Um, Who was that? Well, Jalen Daniels, <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> it's Jalen. It's definitely Jalen. Uh, it's Jaden and LSU. I got yeah, it right. No, um, but damn, you really you, you had me nervous there for a second. It's Jalen Daniels, Kansas. But yeah, he was Jalen. He was Kansas, out yes. now. Kansas backup. Uh, I think it's Justin Bean or Brandon mm-hmm. Bean or something like that. Um, He's a good quarterback too, but not nearly as as good as as Daniels is. And so, I don't know. I I don't really know that we know how good Texas's secondary is specifically against like a prol- prolific passing offense. And that's what Oklahoma has been so far. That being said, like you know, I know Oklahoma's undefeated. And by the way, I believe they're. I'm pretty sure they're undefeated against the spread too. They covered massive spreads against cupcakes early. They covered against um, SMU. They covered against Cincinnati. But those were close, both those games. Like if you watch the, if you're watching those games, yeah, they cover. But a lot of times it was like a late, you know, score to cover the spread. Whereas those were really close games. So I'm a little torn on here because I really feel like the whole. I feel like the all the betting public is going to want to be on Texas. So it's an opportunity to fade that and take Oklahoma plus six and a half here in a really intense rivalry game where often you know these games are close outside of last year. Um, but even still, like I just don't, I don't know that what I've seen Will. from Oklahoma 
is enough for me to pick them against a, a Texas team where I feel like we know a lot about what they are. And so I He's really doing a lot of dancing here. Yeah, Walt. no kidding, bro. I mean, my God, what's what I'm is going this? with the horns minus six and a half. I don't like the number crept up. I don't like it's it's a scary bet. But again, like I, my my ultimate feeling here is I don't know that I can trust Oklahoma yet. And so uh, I'm taking the horns here minus six and a half. Hook them, Tyler. Um, right now, if you look across the board, I'm going to pull it up. There are uh, sevens creeping up. Avada's 15, wow. six and a half is 15. There's going to be a seven soon. I'll make this a bet if you give me seven. No, for, first of all, the only person who owes someone a half point this year is you <laughs> owing yeah, it to me, Tyler. It doesn't mean I can't owe you two. But yeah, the other, uh, look, if you want to be a man of the people and give the audience something don't, to cheer for. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, yeah don't. If, you, if you want to, look, we know. Why don't you be a man of the people and give me six, huh? No, 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 no. Oh, that's oh, that's not how this works. No, of course not. Because it's so funny how it doesn't work this look, way. If Bravada and Bet Online and Bookmaker were going down to six at minus one hundred five, then that would be the case. But the whole market's going up to seven. That's why I say that. But look, if you want to, it's not a bet board. Be boring and give everyone nothing to cheer for. Then fine. It's it's six no and, bet and a half is where I where I draw the line, especially mm-hmm. now. Jump on it now. Look, this whole game is honestly why I <laughs> hate so narr- mad. <laughs> why I hate narratives. If Texas loses, here's what's going to happen. Texas is no longer back. Exactly. People are going to say, "Oh, see, Texas lost. Yeah, Texas sucks." They're not. It's like six and a half favorites in rivalry games lose all the time. Okay, right. and this is what we always have to be careful of when we're betting: is the narrative versus reality. And with Texas, sometimes the narrative is right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Sometimes the narrative is right. Maybe there's a reason for it, but sometimes there's not. So. I think it's up to us to kind of try and see through what's happening and look what's going on, right? My narrative theory, this is sort of like what I have is like a narrative theory. I think it takes three strikes for the average fan to create a narrative, right? If a team, like think about, remember Florida State and then we grew up like watching 90s and 2000s football and remember Florida State, the narrative was their kickers can't make big field goals to win the game, right? Yep. Obviously, like it doesn't take a genius to realize Wide that left. that wasn't any hex. There's no reason for that. Like maybe one game there was win, maybe one game there was a kicker. Now you could say after a certain amount of time, because that became the case, maybe some people let it affect them. But sure. early on, it, that was just random luck. It's like hitting ten reds in, in roulette in a row, right? So it's up to us to look through certain things and say what's a real narrative. What's a fake narrative? Let me give you a quick example of a real narrative. Do you remember? And let's go to the NFL. You remember the whole thing of like. Kirk Cousins can't play in primetime. Sure. You guys remember this? Well, he still what, can't, right? What we can't, well, yeah. And, and what we came to, came to find out is he is such a creature of habit that he, those 11 o'clock games for Mountain Time, you know, 10 a.m. Pacific, whatever, 1 p.m. Eastern, he's so used to that routine that it is clockwork. He wakes up, does his stuff, goes through his pregame, gets ready, that he's used to it. So when he has to throw that off, He's like OCD almost to where he's so bad in primetime. We now know why. So there's a reason for that. So some narratives are true. Some aren't true. It's up to us to kind of see through which ones are and aren't. This whole thing of Oklahoma sucks. They're not as great. Like Oklahoma, in my opinion, is still fucking elite. They have a lot of good talent, a lot of five stars, a lot of good transfers from this year. And look what they what they've done this season, not just on the on the scoreboard against, in my opinion, inferior opponents. But in the advanced stats, FEI, which is a stat I always talk about, will continue to talk about for a while. And by the way, this is publicly available uh, available on, uh, uh, what is it, cfbtoys.com. Yeah, the weirdest can, yeah, website very, ever. St- very strange website name. You'd think it would be like uh, college football branded dildos or something. <laughs> 
But you can find uh, all. We're <laughs> <laughs> just gonna move on. But you can find. Yeah, I'm just plowing through. But you can find all these stats <laughs> yeah, on are. there. So here's the FEI ratings. FEI are opponent. Just to let everyone know, FEI includes these things: opponent adjusted stats, unadjusted stats. So your normal stats, and then strength of schedule. Now, what we should take away from that is two of the three metrics: opponent adjusted efficiency and strength of schedule (SOS) heavily weighed in who you've played. So these incorporate that OU's played a, a shit schedule. FEI ratings, offense, Oklahoma is third in the country. Uh, Texas is fifth. Yeah. Okay? Uh, excuse me, that's not that's overall. So you, you incorporate everything. Overall teams. Sure. Like if, if FEI did a ranking system like the college football playoffs or whatever, Oklahoma would be third. Texas would be fifth. That surprises a lot of people, including me, when you hear it. Sure. Um, offensively, uh, let's see, Texas is uh, ninth offense, fourth defense, and Oklahoma is third offense, 14th defense. So they actually are third offense. This is crazy stats. I almost thought I was wrong because I, I thought it was just one stat that they were third. They're third offense, they're third total, 14th defense. Like, OU is playing very good football. Yeah. And I think what we see from Brett Venables is like this really Blowing and going. steep learning curve. <laughs> and, and And when I say steep, I mean like, it was bad at first, but he picked it up as he went along. Look at his four losses. They had seven losses last year. Oklahoma did. Yeah. Whew, bad luck. And that's where this narrative comes from. But the last four losses, they lost every game by three points. One of them in overtime. So it's like they were learning to play better. Their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, learning to play better. Everyone in the coaching staff learning how to kind of do their job. And these teams are actually very, very similar Take all the stats away. I know some people say, hey, get your advanced stats out of here. I like my old school stats now. Those are our New York <laughs> listeners. Um, if you like the New York. Shout accent, out to the yeah. New York people. Uh, rushing yards allowed per game. Okay. Rush, just pure rushing yards allowed per game. Texas, 94 and a half. OU, 106. Very similar. Passing yards allowed per game. Texas, 196. OU, 213. Very similar. Obviously, Texas is a better team. They're like elite in that category of top four in the country. I have them in my power ratings, I think fourth in the country. Right. Like that, you know, our Patreon members have access to. You can see all that. I think fourth in the country. I think Texas is an elite team. Very, very good. Highest I've had them rated in years. And they're like right there with the Ohio States and Michigans. I mean, they're on par. But OU is a lot, lot better than we think they are. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying they're a really good team. A lot better than we think they are. As I mentioned, the learning curve last year, I think seven's a good bet. I'm going to have the reason why I say that, Will, I'm going to have seven in my portfolio. There's no way I don't end up with an OU plus seven. Even if it's minus 120, that's fine. I'm so going to get an OU plus seven. seven. Okay. Okay. But no bet board. You're so scared, dude. You're scared. You're scared of that half point. <laughs> Whatever, bro. You're the one who always says you're the one who says you take Hawaii when they're two and a half. You take them at eight. You do all this nonsense. I always you give say me a half that. Point. I always say it that one time. <laughs> um, okay, that's the Red River rivalry. Next up, I know this is one you don't have a ton on here, but I'm going to give out a pick. Maryland at Ohio State. I'm going to sit my tea and listen like a good old Brit. Ohio State favored by 20 points here at home. Now they are coming off a bye, and traditionally Ryan Day teams do very well off a bye. Right? They they win by a ton. Uh, with that extra week to prepare, but normally it's early in the season. They don't, they're not often playing really good opponents. Now, I'm not saying that Maryland is like a top 15 team or anything right now. Um, their defense is certainly untested. They haven't played anyone offensively even 
you know, within a country mile of Ohio State. So I know Ohio State's going to be able to score. And and here's the thing is that I think that I think this Maryland offense looks more physical than what they normally are. They're, they're normally flashy and they can score a lot of points, but then when they play a team like Michigan or like Penn State or like Ohio State, everything just goes to shit and they can't score the ball and they just get worked. I think this is the first year where their offense actually can compete at a similar level. Uh, and I think 20 points is way too much. I think more, uh, Maryland is going to be able to score enough on Ohio State here to keep things within 20 points. This line opened up at like 17, shot all the way up to 20. At one point, it was 20, 20 and a half. Um, if you can get get that extra half point, of course, take it. Excuse me, but I like the Terps to cover 20 points here, and it's not just uh, I'm hating on Ohio State. I really have been watching this Terps offense. It's to his younger brother, Talia, whatever. Tally. Um, Tally. Uh, uh, Tunga <laughs> I think they're going to score on Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State's secondary still has some questions. I think they we saw Notre Dame get some push up front and be able to run on them. I think the Maryland might be able to do a little bit of that as well. Again, I think you just see a lot of points scored in this one. I like the Terps plus 20. Do you want to hear my tally impression? Yeah. You, know, you just want to get a little high? <laughs> want to get a little high? Slow. How spicy would you like a change sauce? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shout out uh, Tally. Yeah, I don't that. have anything. Let's go to Alabama. And, uh, or what, no. what do we got next? Washington State at UCLA. Yeah. Woo, Big one for uh, for the Pac-12. Washington State, of course, undefeated. We know about the Cougars. They've been playing great. Cam Ward. UCLA flying under the radar, but still a good team. They got the freshman quarterback, Dante flying Moore. Flying under the radar. That's a that's a saying I'd like to get to know the it's probably a military thing, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not a it's not an educational thing. There was never a radar in the classroom <laughs> that people were flying under. Um, well, have you ever seen You uh, gotta fly low to get under the radar. That horror movie or Avoid chops detection. everyone in half? Ghost house or something? <laughs> <laughs> really narrowing it down there, Tyler. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. What does that have to do with flying under the radar? Well, they should have flown under the thing. <laughs> flying under the the radar or the blade the or whatever. Blade, yeah. The it's like a no. Wire. It's about avoiding detection. Remember Ghost House being stealthy. It's crazy. Ghost I don't, blade. I don't remember. I don't remember Ghost House. Um, it's about avoiding detection and not being seen, and and that's to me what this UCLA team is, right? Washington State has all the focus. UCLA's been a little un- under the radar, but Ghost Ship. Yeah, very different from Ghost House. <laughs> completely different idea. Completely different the Opening plots. scene, they're all, if I remember correctly, maybe this is wrong, but I think it'll be like scene, a pirate ship, they're right? Like, they're like dancing. It's like a whole party and stuff, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, stops. And they're like cut in half. By probably, this, like, probably some fog. Thing. I bet there's like, some fog. It's like, oh, I don't want to watch it. It's, it's nine, at, 9 o'clock at night. I don't want to watch this, but I have to now. Okay, sorry. I just completely interrupted you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> Go ship. Yeah, look, yeah. I think this. I think the biggest question here with UCLA is that they haven't played even a remotely good offense. They played Utah without Cam Rising. We saw how that worked. Um, they play. I mean, the best offense they've played at this point is, is Coastal Carolina. And by the way, when we, we broke down that game, I think it was week one or week two, this was one where I had to put my hand up and say, I dropped the ball. I was still talking about Jamie Chadwell being the head coach there. He's at, what, South Florida now? And then they have a completely different head coach. So I, w- I was thinking about that when I was <laughs> preparing for this game. I was like, you know what? Jamie Chadwell's not there. So for all the listeners who are like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. In that case, it was true. Um, Those listeners are f- stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Give us a five-star rating. Um, <laughs> I think that UCLA hasn't played 
an offense even remotely close to what Washington State's offense is. And so we don't know what UCLA's defense is. And I don't think it's going to – I think that when they finally play a real offense, it's not going to be good. I know that Washington State's defense isn't like the greatest in the world. They've given up some points as well. But we talked about – you mentioned it earlier in the show. We were talking about ratings. UCLA doesn't have a home field advantage. I mean, they're lucky to get like 40,000 people in the the Rose Bowl. uh, I give them one and a half. And the reason why you give one and a half for UCLA – is in that three points we typically give, about one and a half is extra stuff, like sleeping in a new bed, new routine, no access to your typical medical staff, no access to like snacks at halftime. You normally, well, they, sure. they have snacks, but they don't have the like amenities, everything. The, like, so, yes, uh, the amenities. You know, you may not sleep as well, right? Things like this. That's the one and a half. It's not just the crowd, right? Exactly. And then the crowd is sometimes one, one and a half, and then things like Utah, it's the altitude. But that's why right. one and a half is, I think, appropriate. So Yeah. But I, again, I just don't think that UCLA has much of a home field advantage. I think that this is their defense is finally going to get exposed here against Washington State. We know this Washington State offense can score and put up a lot of points. They added the new offensive coordinator this year. I think that's been the biggest catalyst for Cam Ward having this season. And they're catching three and a half here, by the way. UCLA, a three and a half point home favorite right now. I love this bet. Give me Wazoo. Give me the Cougars plus three and a half. Yeah, so uh, lean Wazoo. I'm not going to make it a bet, but I lean. Uh, by the way, I'll add my, I'll uh, total up my record for next week lean. and get my whole record because it's great this year so far. I think we're in the high 50s. I know. I got to total mine, too. Mine's probably uh, hovering around 50. Um, anyway, uh I've got UCLA about 1.34 points better, okay? Uh, Again, home field 1.5. So my line's about UCLA minus 2.85, right? So what that looks like, just to make sense of that, that's like UCLA minus three, about even money-ish, and uh, uh, Washington State plus three, about minus 120. That's what that looks like. So it's a pass for me, right? Lean Washington State, but it's for these reasons. First of all, the Cougars have looked great all year. We know that. They won two big games already, but both were at home. You know, they beat Wisconsin, who at the time, we thought Wisconsin was a lot better than they are now. They beat them 31-22, and they beat an Oregon State team that I believe, with a good defense, can be stopped. They allowed Oregon State State to score 35 in a 38-35 win. So, I see question marks still with that defense. Will... I kind of disagree that that they have the defense that can turn it on on the road. I think UCLA is going to get their points. I actually kind of lean uh, over in this game. I didn't really say that, but okay. Did you not? <clears throat> nope. I just said I just don't. I think UCLA's defense is going to get exposed. That's all. I didn't. I I didn't really say anything besides. I just said I don't think Washington State has a great defense. That's all. Well, I, I, okay, but I think that UCLA will score their points. You were thinking about go ship. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I thought that you had said that. Um, and I th- I still think you did. Nope. Are sure. you sure? I definitely didn't. But that's okay. We can go back and the listeners can go into the tape. <laughs> yeah. You made. I think you made it seem like that. Anyway, uh, both games that they won were like fifty fifty at home. So I I think that Washington State's record, their stats right now are a little bit overrated. Um, FEI rankings, they're both pretty similar. Washington State twenty first offense, UCLA twenty seventh. Defense, Washington State 35th, UCLA 33rd. I mean, these are identical teams. I don't think one bad game from a young quarterback should throw us off of UCLA. But when UCLA has success, it's mainly because they like to run the football, keep it on the ground. And this year, they're just not finding that that rhythm and that that constant you know, threat. They're 73rd in the country, 140 yards a game. And they played the 78th toughest schedule. But 
you know, UCLA is coming off the bye. I'm not trying to jump all over. Like I mentioned, you know, young court. We've seen this before. Chip Kelly, young quarterback struggle. I think they're going to bounce back. So it's a pass. I lean Washington State, just not enough to make it a play. Okay. I love Washington State. Next up, Alabama. You hate UCLA's defense, though. I do. Well, it's not that I hate no, it. I you just think, think Washington State's defense is great, though. I hate who they've I, I I hate who UCLA's defense has played so far. They've played like not an offense that ha- hasn't had a pulse four four times this year. So um, I think they get. Uh, I think they're in for a surprise, yeah. um, a spooky surprise. Spooky. Uh, it is Halloween season. Um, Alabama at Texas A&M. Currently, the Tide are two and a half point road favorites here. I'm dying to get your breakdown on this one, Tyler, because I know this is going to be a game that a lot of people bet. Is this one you have a, a pick for? Do you have a play here? No, it's not. I mean, look, Alabama is a huge contradiction of data. Some stats are amazing. Most are average, but a lot are really bad. And it's like when you look at the FEI stats, the efficiency, they're great. But other stats, they're very, very middle of the road. They can't figure it out offensively. I think what we're seeing from Alabama is grinding with a really good offensive line, and they end up like pulling through at the end of the game. But Alabama hasn't looked at all like I think they should this year. And I'm wondering, you know, maybe Alabama's not on that level they always were, but I don't think Georgia is. I think this is a weird parody year, but Bama fits right in that conversation. Offense, bleak, rush attack is not elite. On the other side, A&M looks to be making those strides we expected, but look how they performed on defense when they played Miami, the best team so far offensively they've played, and they got gashed. So I think that say what you say want to say about Reese and this offense for Alabama and their game plans like I think they could put something together to gain yards on A&M now I think this whole game whole uh, game comes down to chunk plays who can get these big plays and who can protect their quarterbacks Max Johnson obviously now going for A&M not super mobile so will that change things you know Saban's always been able to attack those quarterbacks who play like Max Johnson. He always gets burned by the mobile quarterback extending plays. Right. I think go. I think things tend to go Alabama's way this game. If I had to make a play, a and M plus two and a half at home is not. I think safe enough. I need three and a half, four more than that. If I'm going to face Bama now, I'm not betting for a reason. We still have question marks about who the hell is Alabama. What are they going to be this year? What's the floor for Alabama? And uh, A&M, can they win a big game like this after looking questionable in other big games last year and a half? So overall, pass, lean Alabama. Those are my thoughts. Um, I'm going A&M here. Now, let me tell you why. I You, uh, you made a, a lot of valid points. I should just go make all these lean. We've I'm leaning the other, other direction on every one of his plays. Well, maybe we can get a bet board if I keep talking. Um, I think that... You made a lot of great points. Now, the one that I want to push back on is specifically that Miami game. Yes, the Miami offense gashed A&M's defense, right? We all saw it. But look at the stats. Miami had almost 400 yards through the air. They rushed the ball 24 times for 77 yards. So they weren't able to run against A&M's defense. And what do we know about Alabama? They want to run the ball. They they basically can't throw the ball. They're not very good at throwing the ball with Jalen Milrow. Again, maybe... Maybe I'm over-exaggerating here. It's not like they're the worst passing offense in the world, but they're certainly limited by that, right? They want to run the ball. So if if Texas A&M, I think Alabama definitely has a better offensive line than Miami. So the, the real question is, okay, is this the one where where Alabama, you know, 
exposes Texas A&M's run defense? I don't know. I think Texas A&M's run defense has been pretty damn good all year. They're, they're averaging giving up less than 100 yards on the ground per game. Um, they're at home, of course. And the last few years, Texas A&M has played Alabama pretty damn close. And I think a lot of that has to do with the familiarity of Jimbo Fisher with Nick Saban, right? Um, last year, yeah. last year, A&M almost beat them in Tuscaloosa. The year before that was in College Station, and A&M won by three. So, again, I, I think this is a, a, an interesting opportunity because even though people know Alabama has issues, I still think that the public perception of a or, or, or even though we know, we know Alabama has issues and this isn't the Nick Saban team we're we're used to right it's not it doesn't seem like a national championship contender as of right now um I think that the public still has this really negative view of A&M they they see the Connor Wegman went down I still think this is a really tough and talented team and at home um in a really tough situation catching some points I'm gonna take A&M plus two and a half no, I agree. I think the public play will be Bama. I'm certainly leaning that way, like I said. But, you know, you look at Alabama's pass protection. They're 122nd the last three weeks. Like, they're letting a lot of pressure up. They're letting people get to the quarterback. Yeah. And A&M's shown the, the ability to get pressure. All things added up, it's just a bad spot. I don't like betting on games like this. This is a lot of sure. unknowns. Well, and you don't like betting against Saban, which we know, which is certainly a fair, a fair take to have. So we're not going to get a bet board, huh? No we're not talking board, in a bet yeah. board. Bummer. No we don't have one yet. Board. We only have three games or four games to go. Mm. So we need one somewhere in here. Well, and I mean, unless you just want to, you know, stay, I stay really behind me. I really want to take that week. Oklahoma. <laughs> I really want to take OU. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm not giving you the half point. Um, next up, UCF at Kansas, a big 12 matchup. Look, I, I, it sounds like, uh, oh boy, now I'm going to do it again. It sounds like Jalen Daniels is yes. going to be back. I think that's the the consensus here. I hope I'm not wrong. You know, I, last time I said that about Cam Rising, guess what? He didn't play. It's been two weeks since then. He also didn't play. Can you get a check on that to see yes. if there's any updating news? But I believe the the impression I was getting is that Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, is going to play. Um, you're, you've been high on UCF. I know long-term. I know we have different opinions on Gus Malzahn. Uh, there, it's it's just always a team. Uh, Jalen Daniels did not practice on Monday or Tuesday. Oh, okay. Well, they do have a good quarterback. We know that. Uh, Brand, it's Brandon Bean, isn't it? I think so. Um, he's he's gotten a lot of action last year. Uh, you know, a lot of plays under his belt, and they've been able to win some games with him. But definitely a downgrade over over Daniels. Um, I just I don't trust UCF on the road. Basically, ever they're so good in the bounce house um, at home. I don't trust Gus Malzahn. Now, Kansas is coming off the loss to Texas. Maybe that has an effect on them. Maybe they're banged up. Maybe, uh, it, you know, it's it's a bad mental spot for some of the players. I don't know. Like, I think that UCF is a really good team, honestly, but they're just not a team I trust, and I feel like I know what Kansas is. I feel like they're, even though they are they did lose to Texas, they still looked like Kansas. Like, they're a consistent team under um, uh, head coach Leopold. Lance Lance Leipold, thank you. Yes, thank you, Smitty. Oh my gosh, I was staring at Smitty right in the eyes, and, couldn't and I was name. on the moon. <laughs> but I put um, it together real quick. I, I'm I'm going to bet with the team that I know, and I think that uh, I think Kansas can handle this UCF team. I think they can score. Give me the Jayhawks minus two and a half, Tyler. Uh, I'm giving you out a best bet here, but it's not that. It's going to go over. No, no, no bet for it. I'm going to go. Ah! I'm taking the over. Over 65. He likes points. Wow. Is my bet that my over best bet 65. of the week. Yeah. So you want to take the under for bet board? 
No. Over a 65? Under 65? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Okay. Um, so I've got UCF about a half point better just for the power rankings. But to me, this whole game, this entire game, is about how UCF actually responds after that gut-wrenching loss last week against Baylor. Right. Good call. Huge comeback win oh for my Baylor. God. Baylor was down, what, like 21 points? Yeah. Okay. So That's 20, a tough one. 28. UCF, 28. UCF was up. 35-7 late in the third quarter. As a matter of fact, ESPN win probability, you look it up right now like at the game notes, 99.9% at that time. Ouch. And they lost 36-35. So the question for this game is, do we trust Gus Malzahn to get this team motivated on the road after that loss? Right. This isn't some LSU who just had a... In my opinion, maybe some like season-ending loss. Now they're the, the dream crusher, where their 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 dreams are shattered. UCF is going to lose some games. They're going to win some games, so they may bounce back. I don't know. That's why I'm going to bet on the offense showing up against Kansas's horrible defense. But Kansas's defensive rankings are so lopsided. FEI rankings: Kansas 19th offensively. That's pretty good. They're 115th defensively. Yeah, not So great. if there's a team for UCF to bounce back and score some points and move the football, they can. You may say, well, hold on, Tyler. Can UCF really move the football? Or are they that good hold able on, to move Tyler. the football? Not so fast. Hold on. Not <laughs> so fast, Tyler. Uh, UCF is gaining 500 yards a game this year. At home, I'll say that. On the road, a little bit different. But this may be a spot. UCF, fourth in the nation, yards per game, third in rush per game. And uh, KU, 82nd in the country at stopping the rush, 158 yards per game. So I see both teams moving the ball. Kansas, like I said, 19th overall FEI offense for a reason. They're moving it. They're looking good. And I think, if anything, where you see teams slack or let off the gas a little bit after one of those kind of games last week is the defense. They let it up. They gave it up. They may look bad this week. Offense, I believe, will not. Uh, so we'll take the over, 65. By the way, this number is on the move. So it looks like you can get it even as low as one and a half some places. The consensus might be two. So that helps me out even better. I still like Kansas, uh, even with that number dropping minus two. Tyler likes the over. We love points. I mean, what's more fun than, than betting the over and just getting stoked every time someone scores? Take the over. Take the over. Okay, next up, we've got uh, our hometown Colorado Buffaloes at Arizona State. Boy, is this the bounce-back game? They're four-point road favorites. Is this the bounce-back game for Coach Bonney? you want to start this one? Yes. I mean, technically, you could say, the. by the way, the Southern Cal game felt like a bounce-back game for Colorado despite the loss. So is this a a victory, another win on the road to maybe a a bowl season for the Buffs? I think it definitely is. I've got Colorado, just my pure rankings, about 8.7 points better. And that's my rankings, not any of my CU fan stuff. And that is adjusted for Travis Hunter not playing, obviously. Now, I've been low on ASU all year. I don't trust Dillingham. And by the way, that 8.7, it means like 5.7-ish at Arizona State, maybe 5.8. Like, this game should be around minus 6, I think. And the bus are right it now open minus 5.5. It's actually come down. In hey, some places, you can get it 3.5. On, people are taking ASU. I would take the 3. Is it? Can I get him a 3.5 for the show? Um, are, you ta- are you taking... Uh, Arizona State here? Current consensus is three and a half. Let's take three and a half, then CU minus the three and a half at ASU. Um, look, I've been low on the Devils all year. Don't like their coach. Don't trust him. Don't like their offense. Don't trust it. And I think we're going to see it's a bounce back game, like I said, from Colorado after Oregon and uh, USC last two <laughs> weeks. He's the devil, Bobby. Football's the devil. Oh, the devil, Bobby. Uh, uh, 
You know why the alligators ornery? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to get back into your notes. You no know alligators you... <laughs> got them all them teeth. Is it, what is it? Well, alligators yeah. got all them teeth. Such bad attitudes because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. Yeah, why are they ornery? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, Colonel Sanders. Okay. Oh, where was I? Um, Incredible. We just derailed that shit oh, yeah. so hard. No, uh, CU's offense actually not bad this year. 56th, 56th overall in terms of FEI. Now, if you remember a couple weeks ago, they were like in the 70s or 80s. So right. they've really skyrocketed against U- against uh, Oregon and USC. Those two teams have Mostly got them. USC. But that's why, the no, exactly right. But that's why these FEI stats exist sure. is to adjust for opponent. Right. And CU is actually ninth in the nation in pace. They're snapping the ball every 22 mm. seconds. So I think they're going to wear this defense out. And the legitimate question is, how good can CU's defense be? I think this defense has a relatively low ceiling. But in a game like this, Arizona State really only has two guys who do everything. I forget their names, but it's number eight no, or uh, number four, number two. <laughs> Shout out to number four, number two. If they can shut them down, this defense, I think, is going to allow 17, 20 points, and this offense can really score. So I like Colorado this game, and uh, CU minus four is one of my best bets. We don't have a bet for oh. Ah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Now, look, I am all over CU. And, and Come on, Here's Will. the honest truth. I haven't watched much Arizona State. I've just seen uh, a few highlights here and there, so I also yeah, don't dude, know who number four and number two are. Sorry to all of our our hardcore ASU fans out there. I got it in my other notes here. I got it in my it's number uh, four, number two. Cameron Skatebo, Cameron Skatebo, number four. Shout out, Cameron. That's their halfback. He does pretty much everything for him. And the number two, Elijah Badger. They're running. They're a receiver. Badger. That's a cool. So number two, Elijah Badger, uh, receiver. Badger. Number four, Cameron Skatebun, running back. Yep. Um, Look. The market has been so wrong on CU in like every game. I mean, like how we've been like 15 points off the spread in basically every game or more at this point. Um, I think that CU could like explode this game and win by like yeah, again too. and and blow that number out of the water and win big again. Um, you're not. I, I just don't think that. I, I I'm like you. I've been fading Arizona State all year long. I like the Buffs here. Uh, four, three and a half, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll be brave enough to just give it out at four. So Towers in the same, uh, his best bet. But You're it so looks brave. like you can get it three. I know, I'm very stunning and brave. Um, <laughs> Tower Towers the same. Obviously, you can get it three and a half, get it there. But we're we're rolling with the buffs here. I know Smitty's in the buffs as well. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, next up, Kentucky at Georgia. Two undefeated teams. Yee! Undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> that got me. Undefeated, <laughs> two undefeated. S- I think the only two undefeated SEC East game, uh, teams left at this point. Um, I don't know what Georgia is. I don't. I keep thinking that this is the week they wake up and that uh, they remind us they're Georgia. Or is this just who Georgia is? Are they just not exceptional? They're very good, but they're not exceptional. Are they just good enough to win every game? And then when they get to the SEC championship game or the playoff, they're going to turn it on. Like that's what I feel like is going to happen. And I feel like their lack of tough schedule is what does it. I feel like it's hard to to get those guys up because none of these games are very big. Now, I, I watching that Kentucky game last week where I took Florida and I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, they ran it down Florida's fucking throat. And, ah, oh man, I'm really enticed to take. It's 14 and a half, by the way, Georgia's favorite at home. I feel like I'm just, this is, it's, I feel like it's stupid. I feel like it's stupid, but I'm going to take Kentucky 14 and a half. Mm-hmm. I think that 
they to me they look like a team that can run on a lot of teams and maybe they can do it against Georgia and I Georgia just hasn't have they covered a single fucking spread all year uh oh four and one against the spread and they're not covering by an average of 9.1 points per game it's crazy it's crazy and i know this will be the one game where i pick against them and they <laughs> win by 40 fucking points i have no doubt about it but i just, to me i just don't i think georgia just is what we've seen i don't think that they from what i've seen it's just like how, how many games are they gonna play before we just go yeah this is who they are they definitely lack the explosiveness that we're used to yeah for sure and and they they're not running the ball very well um give me kentucky plus 14 and a half tyler yeah so this is a pass for me because i'm on kentucky as well but again you don't make your money in my opinion betting against saban kirby smart guys like this he's no longer kirby dumb has been for a while <laughs> Um, we mentioned the against the spread record, 0-4-1. Uh, UK is coming off that huge win. So this seems like a letdown spot for Kentucky, right? They put everything into that Florida game. They're at Georgia. It's like in the players' minds, the coaches' minds, maybe it's like that's our build-up game. Get that win. Secure that win. Rivalry game at home. This is a letdown spot. Classic letdown spot. But like Will mentioned, we have no idea what's up with Georgia. I personally downgraded Georgia almost five points this season. Wow. Now, they're still top 10 in both offensive and defensive FEI, but I think it's safe to say for everyone they're not nearly as good as last year, year before. And the reason is those key pieces. Look at what LSU became when they lost those elite pieces, right? Like Joe Burrow, uh, the receiver. Uh, Jamar, Chase, Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson. Jalen Carter leaving Georgia, I think is, it, we don't talk about it enough. Like, he walked into the Philadelphia Eagles and is wreaking havoc on offensive lines. their best uh, defensive lineman. It's amazing what's nature, happening right? immediately. So, we don't think about that enough. And this simply might not be the team who has those players. Right. And I think that's what this comes down to. Now, I don't want to bet 14 and a half because Georgia still could be Georgia. We know we know one thing also. They have more incentive maybe than anyone right now in the country aside from Alabama to run, to run scores up. Right. They're being Make undervalued. So if they can run it up in a game like this, undefeated Kentucky team, this is where you would expect them to do that. Um, either way, I pass. Too much tough info to price, but... Very interesting game here, 14 and a half. We got one chance at a bet board here. Um, I may circle back around to the Red River, dude. You may circle just, back. I think Oklahoma is is just so underrated. Well, that's what I, makes that me nervous about taking Texas, so by the way. That's yeah. what that's that, It makes me it's very not, nervous that's about my, that. My handicap with Oklahoma is not with Oklahoma, Texas. is not about Texas. Right. We know they're elite. It's about OU. And it's about, like, you know the public is all over right, Texas. Like, right. Texas and is such they're a gonna heavy keep public it, like, team. I could see it going to overtime. Here's what would piss me off. It's if it goes to overtime and Texas wins by seven. Yeah. Or, or eight because or eight. they have yeah, to go exactly. for two or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that could happen. But I see it. But we may circle back if we, we don't may circle here. back. Uh, last but not least, Notre Dame at Louisville. Notre Dame currently what six and a half point road favorite here against Yee-hoo! the undefeated Yee-hoo! Louisville Cardinal. I'm not sure that that sound warrants. Maybe for Louisville, but certainly not for Notre Dame. The uh, the country. You sound like you're in the back of a pickup truck. That's me. You know? That was all me. The other one that was the game. <laughs> that was pure me. Is this still? Hang on. I'm, I'm trying to get a a live number on this. Six and a half to confirm. It is. Yeah. Okay. Six and a half. Um, look, I know I got the cover against Duke last week, and I said it on the recap show. I don't really feel like that made me confident in Notre Dame. I feel like it was. Yes, it was a late cover, and sometimes those things count, but it still felt kind of fluky. Um. 
Louisville's undefeated. You know, Jeff Brom's doing a really good job. He's back at his, at his home school. Um, I don't know. I just look at who Louisville is and who they've played, and I feel like they're a team that's just like we're waiting on them to turn into a pumpkin, turn back into a pumpkin. And it's not like there's some some Cinderella darling, but I like I think that again every time I watch Notre Dame, I think this team could is better than what they're playing. Like they they should have scored more points against Ohio State. I think they should have scored more points against Duke. Um, the defense is still really good. You know, I don't love that they're going back-to-back road games here. And even though I think that, again, like they're not playing up to their potential. If I, w- if I was Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, I'd be giving Sam Hartman a lot more looks. You know, I, I think what's holding back their passing offense, honestly, is that to me they don't look like they have like a dominant tight end or a dominant wide receiver like we're used to seeing at, at Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame again, but I'm very nervous about it. Give me the Irish minus six and a half. We got a bad board game. Oh Last one. Here we go. Louisville plus six and a half. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's start out because I've changed my tune. My power ratings show it. My overall philosophy of the way I look at and handicap this offense and this coaching staff has changed. But let's talk about the spot for Notre Dame. Okay. Very, very rare spot we're getting here. As of this week. Notre Dame is fifth in the country in travel miles. Now, a lot of that's due to going to Ireland, right? Big chunk of that. Sure. but Quite a big chunk. Exactly. But it's going to catch up to them here because what they haven't had is a bye week. Every right. team who goes on those, including Navy this year, including they Eric, they all get a bye. And Notre Dame's like, no, screw that. We're good. We're fine. And they, 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 get, they put them towards the end this of the year. year. Well, they but, put yeah. them towards the end of the year. And they said, we're fine. We're going to play seven games in a row. And I think they still play next week, but let's focus on this week right now. When they land this week, they will have been the third team in the country to travel. Okay? So not only are they playing their seventh game in a row and have traveled a lot of miles, they're playing the, their third high-intensity game in a row. Ohio State at home, heartbreaking loss, right? Last week... They should have lost that game against Duke. They came back and won. Yep. What that say in every sport, it's it's important to distinguish high, like like rough mileage versus non rough mileage. This happens with pitchers. This happens with goaltenders. This happens in football. And you, if you play a game where you win thirty one ten, you come away pretty uninjured, pretty healthy, relatively compared to thirty one thirty. Right. It's a different outcome. Notre Dame is getting into a spot in their schedule that's bad. You you compare that with like this amazingly well-coached team that Jeff Braun... I like Jeff Braun before. What he's done Me is too. nothing short of amazing. I think he's a uh, coach of the year candidate, for sure, mm. at Louisville this year. He has turned them around, and I think, obviously, when you look at what they've done in the advanced stats, you, can, you compare that with the actual stats, which we'll talk about in just a minute. This may be one of the most underrated teams, and that's coming from me, who's been a Louisville... Co- When's the last time I bet on this team? I'm kind of more generally low on them in yeah, my power you've faded ratings. Louisville often. A lot. Last year I had the under. I don't usually take them. But Jeff Brom They've changes times too. a lot. Okay? He's uh, he's changed his offense to where they're now 23rd in yards per game. 446 yards per game. And they're second in the nation at yards per game at home. 582 yards per game at home. Isn't that crazy? Now I know it's at home. And they are at home actually. But, you know, defense is respectable. 58th in the country, yards a lot per game, 59th FEI. Let's talk about one thing that I don't think it's talked about enough. I don't know anyone else talking about this. Sam Hartman 
in this stadium is nothing short of horrendous. Oh, and interesting. I don't understand from exa- why. Uh, NC, or from uh, Notre Dame. They played Wake Forest Lu- days. Yeah, right. Or Wake Forest. Thank right. you very much. They played Louisville every year. Okay. Sam Hartman, mm. in his career, has played at Louisville now three times. Okay. He's played them five times. In all five uh, meetings, it was his lowest QBR or second lowest QBR of the year. Mm. Listen to these stats. Okay. Sam Hartman career stats. 60% completion percentage. Well, sorry, Will. 59.7% <laughs> completion percentage. Yeah. Thank you. I eight, mean, it's, that's not a D. Po- it's an F. 8.3 <laughs> yards per pass and just above 3 to 1 touchdown ratio. It's like 142 to uh, whatever. It's, it's a good. He's throwing a lot of touchdowns and interceptions. It's just over 3 to 1, okay? At Louisville, on the road at Louisville, 52% completion. 4.5 yards per pass, okay, compared to 8.3, four touchdowns, five picks, okay? When you have a career where you've thrown like 142-ish itch touchdowns, three-to-one touchdown ratio, and at Louisville, four touchdowns, five picks, you know what that says? In his career, that makes up a such a huge chunk of interceptions, what he does, he's a good decision maker, that sticks out, right? Also, mm. fumbles. He's a fumble machine on the... On the road at Louisville. In his career, Sam Harbin's had 19 fumbles. Four of them have happened on the road at Louisville in three games. Like, something clicks with this guy. I don't know what's mm. what happens at this stadium against his team. He crumbles. He plays like a completely different quarterback. And to me, Notre Dame is kind of adapted to Sam Hartman. They will go as Sam Hartman goes. All these things together, Seems I think six fair. and a half at home is a good price for a good underrated team. So... Um, no one's talking about those same those Sam Hartman stats, but um, those are really gets, interesting. When he gets in the stadium, something happens. He That's, doesn't play like himself. I did not know that. That that definitely makes me scared. However, what I will say, the stats you were saying about Louisville, like yeah, great, they've scored all these points against home. Uh, their two home games have been against Murray State and Boston College. No, that's fine. But but, their, but to me, their but, road game at NC State, they only scored thirteen points. Well, they only let, scored twenty-one let me put some against Indiana. Let me put some context because you're you're doing that. You're you're, you're what you're doing oh, is I'm right. Doing it. But w- we should actually dive into this stuff. The more complex and detailed we can get, the better, right? So talking this through is good. It's not about who they played for this. To me, it's about showing you can do it. It's right. about showing you're efficient. Like. When you go up against a bad opponent and you can get, you know, 300 yards and you get 120 on the ground, it's like, well, that wasn't good. Right. So when they are asked to do it, they can do it and they can only play who's on their schedule. So I see a team who's capable of gaining almost 600 a game against those teams. Look, you put them against a team like Notre Dame, much different. But given the spot, like I talked about, bad Mm -hmm. spot. Sam Hartman, everything together, the the numbers play. I don't love those Sam Hartman numbers. Those make me very nervous for the bet board. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, I just feel, I I really feel like like Louisville hasn't played anybody, and this is the first real opponent they're going to get. And so um, I'm comfortable with it. If I come out ahead on two Notre Dame bet boards and I'm two ahead, I think that this might be... uh, you know, be will. some really dangerous territory. By the way, yeah, maybe he breaks the curse in Louisville because he's got all the Catholics, you know, praying their, to their rosaries for him, and he's never had that before. Should I take us out of here today with my poem one more time? Um, yes, except more b- time? just before before you do that, and of course, stick around for the extracurriculars. Yes, we we brought back the newly fan game, which is awesome. Uh, the Pac-12 edition. Smitty's got his review of uh, Shawshank Redemption. We've got some fun stuff. By the way. 
join our Patreon, patreon.com slash college football tailgate. We're going to have, have an extra podcast uh, up on Sunday. It's going to be really fun. The conspiracy podcast might have some fun things going on for that one. And of course, just a a really useful way to support the show. Hit us with that, uh, that poem before we, uh, before we go in a crucial week, six with many big games with just one bad loss, a whole season in flames. In the Valley of the Sun, the Buffs will stampede. Coach Prime needs a win, and he'll get one. Indeed. Oh, yeah. And in the Big 12, where the rivers run red, the Golden Hat Prize, sure, there will be bloodshed. So buckle your belts for a weekend so grand. Even Kent State, Ohio, could never be bland. And Mac Brown, once heavy, now getting more lean. Hey, Mr. Malfucker, you need to come clean. So onward we go. Week six, here we are. For drama and upsets, you won't have to look far. Go Irish. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> Is the opposite of hungry thirsty or not hungry? Why would the opposite of hungry be thirsty? Yeah, it's got to be not hungry. Yeah, it's full. I was thinking about that the other full night. Full is know. the opposite. Full, sure. I was uh, deep in thought. The and opposite I came of... Across, go, well, I'm really thirsty, and that seemed like the opposite of hungry to me. The opposite of thirsty is quenched. Mm. Okay. Well, that's, that's Fully that. Fully full of... <laughs> well, that's that. Yeah, no. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week <laughs> on Coach uh, <laughs> Ball Tailgate. <laughs> no, um, okay. So we have a game, but hold on. Ryan, as a part of getting ready for these extracurriculars, these festivities, sure. I gave Ryan my notes to write down his answers on. Right. You saw the answers to the next game if you paid I, attention. I, I wasn't reading it. You promise. Yeah. You have to promise. Promise. Because there's answers down here that are very important. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see him. He was. I, Do you believe I, him? I believe him. I believe, I believe him too. Him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him the. Wait, wait, wait. look at me, Smitty. The, the yeah, Robert De Niro. Uh, uh, Meet the parents, lie detector test. You passed. He's in the circle of trust. Okay. Nice. So, so, so I guess we should, we have a couple things to get to, right? We have games. Yeah, we have games. We yeah. have the newly fan, newly game. fan game. Yes. Which uh, is awesome. Ryan has a review. I do. Okay. But I want to start with uh, uh, the, the newly fan game. I think that'd be fun. We oh, did yeah. this before. Um, I was going to start. Pac 12 edition. Yeah. Pac 12. I was going to start with some DoorDash stories because we talked about DoorDash. Let's push that. Yeah. We'll save that for next time. What you guys should do is bring your worst DoorDash story because I have oh boy. so many okay. that I've found. There's this Reddit. I've, it's I've like DoorDash. One. I fear I forget what it's called. Horror stories. Or I something? think it is probably. And, and I'm uh, I, I'm uh, I don't probably know if I'm part of it, but I get a bunch of hundred times a day. Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff. So bring that next week. Okay. But Love it. the newly fanned game is uh, where it's like the newly wed game for those brand new to the show, where one guesses. What the other will say about certain uh, things. Right. That, How well do you it? know your partner? How well does Smitty know me? How well do I know Smitty? Yeah, that's what we've been using it for. Producer Smitty and Ryan. Yep. And I think you two know each other well. As a matter of fact, yep. you got three out of seven last time. Which, again, the, the questions all had like 14 options for an answer. So that's pretty impressive, mathematically mm-hmm. speaking. No, you, you, you've got to include that. These are all... I think yeah. we actually... Well, actually, we, I got three right, and then one of them... You had the alternate answer. That's well, but right. yeah, yeah, exactly. But still, the point of this is, it's not yes, no. This is you're choosing between mascots Multiple and conference, choice. right? So if you yeah. even get one right, I think it's a win. But you got to beat Will's three. That's the thing. So we'll do the newly fan game before your movie review, Pack Twelve edition. Uh, yeah, newly fan game, Pack Twelve edition. Here's how it goes. We'll answer these questions. Ryan 
tries to guess what Will would have answered. Yep. All right. Uh, Pac-12 edition, best mascot in the Pac-12. Will, what do you say? Uh, it's the Stanford tree. It's got to be the Stanford. The uh, worst? The best or worst? Best. Best. No, he's going Stanford tree. Best. Uh, Ryan went with the Traveler, USC. The Traveler? Yeah. yeah. Mm, it's the guy on the horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, very cool. Very cool, yeah. but... Uh, I think the Stanford tree is the funniest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. Really? Okay. It's so funny. Okay. It, it makes no sense. It's so just it's, a goofy tree. It has wow, a weird facial okay. expression. I think it's hilarious. Uh, stupidest mascot. Oh, man. This one was is so easy. If you just Google Pac-12 mascots, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's Oski, the cow bear. Have you seen what this yeah, what, the, it's what its face bad. looks like? I haven't. I it look. has. Google it right now if you're listening. Google the cow bear uh, the, his name is Oski, O S K I, or Oski or something. <laughs> yeah, it, he has yeah. this stupid. It he looks look, like a look, bear animated from like the 1800s. <laughs> he looks like a Wallace and Gromit character. It's like, so <laughs> dumb, and he's like so got like a, a big sweater on. And, like so, so that's awful. a reason to put it. Was, okay, Ryan said Stanford. <laughs> oh no, I, love Stanford. I mean, look. But okay, however, what I will say to to Ryan's benefit here. The reason why I love the Stanford tree is because it's so stupid. Okay, but it's it's Fair like enough. it's like the best one. Uh, by the way, close second on stupidest was uh, Swoop, the uh, the Utah mm. Eagle, because they're the Utes. Or, uh, he's a hawk. Yeah. And they just chose a hawk as their mascot because there's lots of hawks in Utah. It's stupid. <laughs> um, and the close second on best mascot is uh, Wilbur for Arizona. He's got a fucking like a like a sweet Zorro style hat or whatever. Like I don't oh, know. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. All right, uh, underrated school colors. UCLA. Well, Ryan went Washington. Wow. I, I mean, we're off. Love Washington, but uh, that UCLA, and I don't even really but like But you know you. what? The UCLA colors are fantastic. I, I love the answer that UCLA. Light blue and, and gold. But no, that's R- good. Ryan, you answered for yourself, I'll say. I'll push back with you saying this was Wills because you know what you said for the Big 12? You said Kansas State. Mm. And so you also went Washington here. They have. Love Washington's colors. Yeah, Purple similar colors. Uh, Ryan's just a big Rockies fan. Okay, uh, <laughs> the coach who reads erotic novels, Pac-12 edition. Yeah. Coach who reads erotic novels. Now, what I did for this is I pulled up a picture of all these coaches, and I Good. just That's where I you read their faces. You can always yep. see it in the mugshot. Um, I picture, picked excuse me. Kalen DeBoer, Washington head coach. <laughs> oh, no. If you look uh, at this guy, he's just got a pervert smile. Okay. And but, I like him. But <laughs> when you hear Ryan's answer yeah. of what you would have said. Will it make sense? I think so. Chip Kelly. Yeah, like he was definitely an option. <laughs> he was definitely an option, but yeah. something tells me that Chip Kelly, like nothing, nothing, uh, okay, so, satisfies his sexual needs. So Ryan, to tie <laughs> Will's score, you have to hit the last three here. Right. Okay. Okay. We got three left. The coach who puts the milk in the bowl before the cereal. Yeah, I I picked Chip it, Kelly for this. This one. is a special. <laughs> this is the this is Tyler, special. This is a, this is what I do. Well, this is what. Really, any intellectual should do. You put the milk in mm, first. It's arguable. a much better way to eat your cereal. <laughs> it increases your cereal exper- experience by at least twofold, if not three, which is a big, big, big deal. Well, if we go cereal ratings, like power ratings, you don't even start a power rating system without going milk first because it ruins the entire rating system. Like yeah. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, delicious, but you don't pour an entire giant bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and then douse it in milk because the first... 15 bites are amazing, right. but after that, you're getting a soggy mess. You go small you ha- bowl. I always just go small bowl and then cereal well, first. Well, that's a good way to do it, but look, I like to go so big wait, bowl, a lot pick? of milk, distribute evenly. Uh, Ryan I went uh, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Oh, okay. Yeah, he went Lincoln. Certainly Puts an option. Milk in first. I like that because Lincoln's efficient. It's, it's an good intentional offense. move, right? <laughs> it is. Mm. 
It is. It's, it's an intentional. Actually, you know why that might have you ever seen the the viral photo of of Lincoln Riley's like brisket that went viral when he was still at Oklahoma? No. So it actually might make sense because he cooked like a brisket and it was like the most well done. It looked like shit. Whoa, it was no, awful. That does not make sense. What you're doing is correlating milk first to a bad yes, chef. Yes, I am. I'm correlating it to a weird food decision. So okay. I, I'm a fantastic chef, I believe, and I put milk first. I think it's a weird food decision, but I think it's a great food decision. <laughs> you got to look at this picture of Lincoln Rowley's brisket. He like tweeted it out or put it on. He put it on on social media somewhere. And the meat is just, like, so well done. It's okay. brutal. Well, first of all, we don't know he does milk first. We're speculating. Right. That's who Ryan guessed. You're getting me worked up about this milk first thing. Okay. Milk first is a good option. I'm anti-milk first, but okay. Then you're anti-deliciousness. That's what I have to say. Look, if we t- if we did some sort of... If there was a way to do some <laughs> sort of... fired a, up, If folks. there was some, <laughs> some way to do some sort of blind taste test like we've done before, where you could have... That I believe. With or without milk, you, that would, I believe. you would much more enjoy it. If but, you could blindly eat, eat cereal with where I'm slowly adding in a few here or there. You would yeah, but the that also is a pain in the ass. So am I going to sit on the couch with my box of cereal and slowly dip in there? No. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's or crazy. Or you pour a different, you get two bowls. You two get one bowls? With milk, no. One with milk, this one with is, cereal. Now we're just making extra dishes. From a no, logistics no. standpoint, so it makes no it's, sense. So you guys have no <laughs> idea how you're eating cereal. You guys have no idea what you're doing. Okay. Another Walgie special for uh, next <laughs> Next, uh, the coach who ranks his lemon starbursts number one. Yeah, the Walgy effect. Yeah, the Walgy effect because they're the best. <laughs> We're like one off on all these. I picked Lincoln Riley for this. Oh, I <laughs> went Dan Lanning. Okay, last, okay, not a bad pick. Last, the coach who slurps. I'll give you a slurp sound effect myself. Oh, I don't have. I'm, I'm out of water. Okay, here we can imagine. <laughs> ah, so you added the, the coach. Yeah, you got to add that. The, who does it to his coffee? I actually think that uh, you might we might pick the same here. I said Kyle Whittingham. Yeah! <laughs> we missed all the rest of them, but walk off. You know, baby. you know what it is. Why him specifically? He looks like a guy who like loves to wake up early and go sit around on his porch with a hot cup right. of coffee. Yeah. And yeah, and there's, there's definitely the <sighs> yes, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, hundred percent. So, but here's what I say: when we do the conference editions, if you get one right, you win. Yeah. So that's a win totally. for Now in the off season, we'll do like yes or no's. Right, so it's fifty fifty, and then you got to get four of seven. We got to do this for you too. We got to include you and in, 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 yeah, get, definitely, get definitely. Your picks in yeah. here. So but we I'm still no. have other conferences left. No, for the sure. The Big Ten edition is going to be fucking fire. Big Ten's going to be great. Yeah. A lot of now, personality. Same now, thing with the SEC. I have uh, one more game. Okay. It's called the Guess the Ratings game, but I want to do it after we get Ryan's review. Okay, yeah. So uh, Smitty, of course, outdated movie reviews. One of the longest-running segments we've had on the show. Uh, special. It's just a matter of time until David Spade's doing his outdated movie reviews on YouTube. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. Uh, Smitty watched Shawshank Redemption for the first time. I did. I watched Shawshank last night, uh, actually with my girlfriend. Um, so Nice flex. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I already kind of started out behind the eight ball because uh, I had to do on-demand Shawshank. So while it still was unedited... Commercials. There was commercials. Oh, brutal. And it totally killed the vibe of the movie. Yes. But I will. I do not. A, I do not. That sucks. I do not take that into consideration when judging the okay. movie. Um, it was a great movie. Um, it was. It was obviously dark. It was funny at parts. Um, Andy Dufresne, obviously the main character, is very. Uh, he's very relatable. Um, the great storyline. I mean, obviously with. Uh, you know. Uh, they think he, at times, even he thinks he killed his wife and her lover. Right. 
and uh, just the way that you know it kind of builds on that kind of narrative, and then with the twist to where. Uh, the young kid comes in and, you know, says, tells a story about the guy at the other prison that actually did do it. Right. And Andy Dufresne's doing time for his murder. Um, but yeah, so great twist there. And then the final twist when he was sending all the money just to himself. I know. Gets that, away scot-free. Yes. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, it was great. It was th- great. I have a question, though. Does it change the way you've looked at my impressions for years when I use the phrase Andy Dufresne. <laughs> Does that change so the way So I got the references. Like, I got the pop culture references, obviously. Right. I just never never seen the movie. But that's not a bad Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And Raquel Welch on the poster. Yeah, right? Raquel Welch. And then right. the Brooks was here. That makes more sense now, too. Which that's, that makes, like, the saddest makes, part of the Makes of the, the joke movie. very dark that Walgie made last week. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. but no, so, like, the Morgan Freeman thing... One thing that I noticed that I just kind of kept catching my eye, it wasn't about the story or anything... But I kept on going to my girlfriend, and in my Morgan Freeman voice, I just noticed that Andy Dufresne always had really long pants on. <laughs> yeah. Like well, they're high-waisted. High they're like yeah. up to his nipples. And I just kept <laughs> yeah. on going, Andy Dufresne had the longest trousers in Shawshank. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Maybe, maybe in one of these uh, Patreon shows we can do our... Uh our, our impressions. Sure. We're going to be doing sure. one on yeah. Sunday, by the way, too. We're yeah. doing our first Patreon podcast. We are. Oh, yes. I, I can't I can't uh, wait for that. Now, now, I know we already talked about Patreon on this show, but that's going to be fun to do that. Yeah. Well, so, and also, Smitty, now, now what you need to do, because I know you're a Family Guy fan, yeah. there's a Family Guy episode where they, uh, in one episode, do like three <laughs> Stephen King stories, because it's a Stephen uh-huh. King book. That's uh, Shawshank. Well, oh, it's okay. based off a Stephen King book. And so there's this Family Guy episode where it's like a Stephen King special. And they do like three Stephen King stories in one episode, but the majority of it is the Family Guy version of Shawshank, oh, really? and it's fucking hilarious. Like <laughs> seeing who they cast as which character, and like the long-running Family Guy jokes that end up in there too. So That's especially awesome. now that you just saw the movie, you would you'd love that. So yeah. Cleveland's gonna be Morgan Freeman. Yeah, of course. Okay, because I haven't seen this. This is great. Uh, uh, they're gonna put Peter as Andy Dufresne, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, and then who who are the side characters? So uh, is uh, oh, it's got to be Quagmire Joe. As yeah, like, yeah, but, as like uh, Haywood and so I'm trying to remember who Quagmire. Let's just is. watch it. It's recommended. Um, I uh, Joe is. I I won't ruin Joe because it's a really good one. <laughs> and then um, same thing with who the warden is. Can you guess who the warden would be? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Peter Schmidt. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Peter> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's really well done. So nice. uh, and and they just nail a lot of those jokes. Uh, super well, so you definitely yeah. should check that out. Yeah, so I, I don't know how long, uh, what took me so long to watch the, uh, watch Shawshank, but it was great. I give it uh, give it a nine out of ten. Love it. Yeah, next time you get the chance to watch it without commercials, definitely do that because yeah, that, that it was a, kills the vibe for like a movie does. that sucks well, you in. And like, so I have Directv, and so it was again, it was unedited, and it was a good like chunk of like ten, uh, I'd say probably like twelve to fifteen minute chunks of the movie, right. But the commercial breaks were like three minutes long. Yeah. So they were extra long. And like not only did it kill the vibe of the movie, but they were super long. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Makes sense. But it was a great movie. Okay. Love that. Okay. What's this game we got? Uh, The game we got is guess the rating. But first, you guys got to guess the top photography classes on Skillshare. Ooh. Top yes. photography, like, are they named photography? Well, some are named photography. I don't think I know the difference. The different kinds either. of photography. I need, take, I need to take a Skillshare class that teaches yes, me a different kind. How about of I give it away to you? So, a lot of people who take photo- or who who like photography will know this: fundamentals of DSLR. All right. Instagram-worthy photography, documentary photography, <laughs> and nightscapes. 
Knights. Those are some of the top classes you can take on Skillshare. Interesting. If you know about photography. Now, the DSLR, my wife, Allie, like, does uh, a bunch of stuff, like, outside uh, with her camera. Yeah. So I know that's a type of camera, but look, Instagram worth of photography, documentary photography, nightscapes. If you like photography, you can have access to all of these with one subscription that you get 30% off with our uh, promo code tailgate at Skillshare.com. That's Skillshare.com, promo code tailgate. Yeah, love it. You can take like anime. I'm just I'm looking at the different types of classes: animation classes, illustration. You want to get good at drawing, um, music classes. You want to learn to to play an instrument. Seems pretty cool. Tickle music the theory. Yeah, exactly. So definitely check uh, check that out. Now, tell us about this game. Okay, the game is uh, guess the rating. This is a also a classic. Now we don't do it often. Sometimes we do on this show for like uh, movie stuff. This is a this is an original though. Okay, so David Spade, take note. Been doing this for over 10 years. Guess the rating is fun. What you do, you guess the rating for uh, what this is on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Will, don't look it up. For a movie. I'm not. Will? Look, I'm at my notes. Okay. Ryan? No no funny business. Okay. Uh, I'm paranoid. Do do you guys want to do closest to the whole no overs? Or can we go over and and So, you mean price is right rules or just closest in general? Yeah. I like I like prices right scoring yeah. rules. Let's go yeah. prices right. Okay, Closest so without go going over. over. Yeah. Okay. Cutthroat on these uh, Let's start off with Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption. But also no um no one. Or I guess we can do one dollar. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. It's prices right. Okay. Shawshank Redemption on IMDb. Is that what it is? IMDb ratings. Uh, or Rotten Tomatoes. So here's the thing. We're doing Rotten Tomatoes audience score, not the tomato meter. I see. Okay, audience score is the average American. Sure. It's what they think going in. It's not like these like snooty. I've done. I know I, I talk about my radio days on here all the time, you know, sometimes when I should, sometimes when I should, but this is a great example. I used to do a weekly segment with this dude called, oh, you know what? I forgot his fucking name. It was like, a, oh. it was like, uh, his Rocky. Fucking, he's like a, like a fat guy at the movies. So that's maybe it. <laughs> fat guy at the movies. I, I think it was something like that. Anyway, him and these other critics, it's like, they're, look, I think they're all by nature kind of a little pretentious, sure. a little bit snooty, a little head up. Talking about Roger syndrome. Ebert. Look, if you're a Yelper Ebert and, and you say, I'm a Yelper, I mean, you know, you got some stuff going on. I think it's kind of a thing, right? Yeah. It's hey, a look, we, we know what happened with my uh, review of Edge of Tomorrow. So, <laughs> well, you trash. <sighs> it was a worst review I've ever heard in my life. Okay. So this is the audience score. We're going to get good stuff, not tomato meters where you get these snooty wills rebooting it. Okay. Uh, number one, Shawshank. All right. So should we rotate who goes first? That seems like the fair option with price. That seems very fair. I'll yeah. go first. Yeah. 82. Okay. I'll 82? go 83. Uh, 98. Woo! The will's up gotcha. one nothing. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> gotcha you want to keep score? Sure. Will is up 1-0. Okay. Uh, happy Gilmore. All right, so I guess first. Um, it is very popular, but I feel like this would be one where the audience score is lower. I'm going to go 77. 70. 85. Will's up 2-0. Yeah. 85. See, you guys got to think audience score, right? right this is That's what, what the thinking, audience yeah. thinks. Okay, uh, next. Uh, by the way, we have three more movies and then two surprise questions were two points each. Oh, okay. <laughs> we love a surprise. Uh, Joe Dirt 2. What is Joe Dirt 2? I haven't even seen it. I refuse 40. to. 40. Four. One dollar. 
Ryan goes 44. Will goes one. Uh, Will gets it with 21. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, barely edges you out there. I've 21. only seen the original. I won't. I won't ever see the second. Yeah, 21 percent. Also, uh, David Spade, enemy of the show now. Will's up 3-0. Good thing right. we got some two pointers coming up because Will's kicking your ass so far. All right, next edge of tomorrow. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, it, it's definitely got to be high. I think I looked this one up last week. I'm gonna say 89, 97. Will Will's up again. Ninety. Ninety even. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I this almost is, got it on the number. This is one of the few movies where everyone agreed. Okay. Not only did the audience score in the tomato meter, uh IMDB, Google, everywhere you look, this is like ninety, eighty five, ninety five. And here comes Will. Uh yeah, it's a uh, sixty uh, sixty four. <laughs> this is just as way to shoehorn a, I to an argument. Po- I give course. it a six foot four. You know, Dave he thinks he's Dave Portnoy doing pizza reviews, going, Oh, oh okay, it's a six foot four. it's a wonderful review for it me. Is. That's great for me. Ugh, it drives is. me fucking crazy. Okay. We'll do more. Uh hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. Never saw it, actually. Um, it's actually really funny. All right, so you guess first. You've never seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Nope, never. One I've never seen. We got an outdated movie review. There you go. Boom. Okay. Can't wait to tear it down. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, 78. Um, 77. Yeah, oh, wait. I, I fucked that up. I did that so wrong. Whatever. 77. I already gave it out. I ruined yeah, it. Yeah, Will's up. 5-0. No, wait. Uh, what is it? 56%. No, then we oh both, but we both went over. We both went bust. Oh, you did go bust. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I fucked it up. I should have said a dollar. <laughs> uh, you didn't so no fuck points. up any other ones. Oh, no, you didn't. Okay, yeah. Uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, 56%. Hmm. Yeah. It's not Some bad. Some people didn't love it. Okay. I liked it, yeah. but I like everything. Okay. Um, next. Will's up 5 nothing, so he's already clinched it. These are worth two each. You know what? Fuck it. We're doing it live. I'm the one running this shit. This one's worth four points. Okay. That's where I can come back. <laughs> um. So we're approaching Halloween. Halloween's in a few weeks. Uh, what you guys are going to do is give me two candies. You guys are going to take turns, whoever's turn it is. You each get it's like a candy draft. Okay, the higher the candy you pick on the highest sales. Okay, this is my candy sales in America around Halloween. And these are individual o- candies. October one to October thirtieth, candy sales in America. This is the what you're guessing so the rating. Is it my turn to go first? So you guys are going to pick two each. But just one at a time, though. One at a time. All right, I'm going to go number one is Reese's. Okay, Ryan? Uh, Snickers. Will? Um, Kit Kat. Ryan? I'm going to go Candy Corn. Oh, shit. <laughs> that I fucked up. Okay, uh, one one here. Uh, Ryan had Snickers and Will had Reese's. And the uh, and so we're doing tiers here, okay? So what you guys have to do, you get one more chance. You have to get in the top four. Redraft again, one candy. Have to get in the top four of sales. I can't believe you guys haven't got these other three. Well, actually, I can believe it because uh, it's crazy. And, and, and think about what you get in a candy bag, right? Because this is sales. This isn't favorite because we're going to do it next. And this is, this is where we're going to wrap one up the pick? content. But, yeah, one, one each, pick? one each. Sales. Twizzler. Okay, Ryan? Eminem. M&M's. Uh, Ryan gets it. So it goes wow. Reese's 1, Skittles 2, M&M's 3, Skittles. Snickers oh. 4. Ryan snuck in there with the first one. Hot Tamales 5. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, right. Okay. So that was America. So it's 5-4. This next one is worth two points. All the marbles. Okay? All the marbles. Um, the highest ranked according to the best, not the highest sales. Okay. The last one was according to uh, the actual dollar amount. This one is a poll over 25,000 people 
of their favorite Halloween candy. You both get two. Whose pick? Who this starts? This is most popular now. Most popular. The best. You start. What's your favorite Halloween candy? The answer is that's mean, number one. You got to go Reese's one. Okay. Fuck. Um, that's probably one of the obvious number one picks, but yeah. I'm going to go Kit Kat. I'm sticking with my Kit Kat. Ryan? I'm just going to go straight up Nestle. Chocolate? Like mm-hmm. straight up? Okay. I will go Skittles. Okay. Once again, 1-1. One, one. And it's the flipped because he snuck in with the four seed this time. So, obviously, Ryan gets the number one, Reese's. Skittles, number four. It goes Reese's one. Oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you guys another shot because it's for all the marbles. To now pick we the do number all, two or number yep, three. Yep, it's one team each. One one uh, candy each. It's it's a, it's an overtime um, draft off. <clears throat> Go. It's my turn or your yeah. turn? It's Ryan. Uh, your turn, Will. M&M's. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Skittles. No, he's already drafted. Oh, he did? Did he already say Skittles? Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Say uh, Mounds. Say Mounds. (laughs) I'm going to tell you this. M&M's is in the top four, so if you don't get this, it's Will's. You have to pick the third of four. Let's go. Say Dots. And I'm going to hydrate between these. Say Dots or Mounds, Almond Joy. I mean, there's got to be a shot clock here. He's he's falling under the pressure. Yeah. It's It's Snickers. Oh my God! I was almost about to say Snickers. <laughs> Snickers is it? Will you win? Oh, Snickers the first round. The f- yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore Pod. Uh, give us a five star rating on whatever you listen. Tell your give friends. A, give us a five and a half star rating. Yeah, five and a half. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>